You're listening to episode 48 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they've discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness, I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. In this episode, I talked to Bianca Bloomfield. She is someone who is creating and allowing space for people to be with and to move through big feelings in a loving way. She does this work in a variety of ways, mainly by just being who she is and allowing her true self to shine through, which is so often a journey in and of itself. She also facilitates breathwork healing, which is something that I enjoy learning more about because it's not something that I've personally experienced, at least not yet. I'm looking forward to signing up for a virtual class with Bianca in the near future. She also works as a yoga instructor for kids, which I think is so cool, and the PE teacher and me really enjoy talking to her more about that. And she is a beautiful writer who had taken a break from writing, but in the past year or so has been reclaiming her writing self. I love learning more about that and learning more about Bianca and her journey. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Bianca. Thank you so much for joining me on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So thank you for making time to, to be here with me today. Hi, Maureen. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Yay. Well, I wanted to have you on the podcast because I really admire the work that you're doing. It just seems very um, kind of value-driven and aligned to who you are as a person. And, you know... When I go to your website, you sum sum up how you help people by sharing that you help adults and children move through big feelings with grace and ease. And I think that's so beautiful and so needed. And it requires vulnerability and like a deep connection to yourself. Um, And so I would love to like learn more about your journey and how you came to help people in this way. Because like the work you do is helping facilitate, I think, a very, you know, powerful form of self-care and self-love. So I love to explore those ideas throughout our conversation if you're if you're open if you're open to talking about all of that. Yeah, that sounds great. And and thank you so much for just acknowledging that. And and yeah, I would love to I love I love, love, love talking about what I do. So <laughs> let's go for it. Yes. Well, before we get started, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and 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 what you do and how you do help people? Yeah, so um you know, I, in any given moment, I might describe this a little differently, but yeah. in, in this now moment, um, yeah, I am, you know, 
a human have a human on earth having a soul embodied soul having a human experience on earth first and foremost and i am um, a healer a writer uh and i love connecting with people i think that's my favorite thing about being human it's just like mm. getting to know other humans and um yeah so that that's a little bit kind of about how i feel like defining myself today oh i love that i love that and and the work that you currently do um what can you describe that for us? Because I know you work with young people and you work with adults. And can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, I'm a, my primary form of, of healing work that I do with adults is breathwork healing. Okay. And um, for me, that has been so transformative in my own life. And a little bit about kind of how I ended up doing that is um, I am someone who has struggled with depression since childhood Mm. and I kind of went on the path of conventional therapy and meds and but the the thing is it was really just in some ways that was really just numbing me out and I didn't Mm. even realize it and I was still kind of perpetuating these cycles of depression of like feeling Mm. fine one day and then just being something triggering me and just being back in a cycle of depression and I I felt really stuck in those cycles Mm. and it wasn't until I discovered breath work and also yoga where something really clicked for me, which is that my first, uh, at my first breath work healing that I did, that I took like five years ago, uh, it was just so transformative to me and it felt like years of therapy just in once I just Mm. had such an incredible release and, and some epiphanies and that was the moment where I don't think I could have put it into words yet at that point, but it was the moment where I understood that we don't really heal through the mind. We heal through the body and we Mm. heal through the spirit. And of course we need the mind. Mm -hmm. We need the mind to create narratives and create new narratives once we start healing and to create new neural pathways and, and all of that. So that's important, but it really starts with the body and the spirit. And once I was able to get out of my own head and into my body, mm. that's when things really started to shift for me. And, um, and so now I do, I, ha- I use that um, to help others in their own healing. And I, I love the, for- the format of breathwork. So particularly because to me, it's kind of where body meets spirit mm. and, and where like earth meets sky in the way that, it really pulls you back into your body. And when we experience trauma as a response to life, um, we kind of leave our bodies. And mm. so it's kind of like this, this thing of gathering ourselves back with the breath work. But also the other reason I love it is because as much as it is an embodied practice, it also blasts us open to our higher self, to God, to the divine, anything that you, the higher power, whatever higher power it is that you identify with, it really opens us up to that. So that's why I love this, this modality and I'm so passionate about sharing it with people. Mm. And then um, the work I do with kids, it kind of has the same goal. It's just mm-hmm. to really help, help them See, I guess my goal with all the work I do with people is just to help them really just express themselves fully and embody themselves um, fully in their most authentic expression of themselves. And I'm really passionate about helping children 
really just, I just like to let them know that they are safe exactly as they are and that they are amazing exactly as they Mm -hmm. are. And I do that through yoga. I teach kids yoga and I teach kids mindfulness and really help them learn the tools to help navigate the big feelings in life Mm. and know that it's okay to feel all things and kind of develop resiliency skills. And my hope Mm. really is that we can live in a world where, um, like, grown-ups, yeah. don't need me or other healers because the kids are just this I would love like a future generation very soon to just be so embodied and so comfortable with themselves and and, and learn these healing tools early so that they don't need it when they're older ah mm-hmm. oh, I love that Bianca and yeah I love that you're working you got the kind of the spectrum that you're working with kids and instilling that in them at a, a young age and, you know, also working with adults. So you're, you're you know, kind of working with everyone and, and sharing these modalities. And I, I would love to hear, thank you for like sharing, you know, the work that you're doing. And I would love to take it back um, to when you were younger and get to know a little bit more about your story. And you, and you started to share a little bit about that, but if I was to take it back to young Bianca, like what was what was little Bianca like as a young person? What did she, you know, what was her experience like? Were there things that she was absorbed and lost into or, you know, what was life like for Bianca as a young person? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Little Bianca was very, um, very creative and also very disembodied mm. and felt very alone honestly yeah. and um and so I I mean I've always been like a lover of books and telling stories and so I kind of used books that was my primary escape I loved reading I am a ha- child of Harry Potter ah, yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah um and uh books and storytelling for me were really um, an escape and a way to find solace and connection where I really wasn't finding it in my real life. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, and I know you're a writer, you are a beautiful writer currently. Was that something you would do when you were young or was it just kind of getting lost in the books at that period of time? Yes. Writing is absolutely my first love. Um, Mm. I remember learning how to write and and then like learning what poetry was in second grade and just like already having notebooks filled with poetry. I've been writing since I was very little and it's just been a, it's always been a very important part of my self-expression. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, I have been, I have really enjoyed catching some of your Instagram posts, uh, Bianca, and just getting to see some of the writing that you've been doing and, and what you've been sharing. It just, you have a really beautiful way of expressing yourself through the written word. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's beautiful. So I'm glad to see you sharing sharing more of that with us. But it's, it's neat to be able to trace that back to that being your first love and something that, um, you know, that you would find yourself to, in second grade, you said you would be writing poetry. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I just remember like learning <laughs> what poetry was in second grade. And, and just like we had like a poetry, we had like an assignment to write a poem, but I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And you mentioned that you were like creative, but disembodied. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, and I know I was reading through your website and I know you experienced grief as a, a, a very young age. Um, is that part of the reason why you felt disembodied when you described that? Yeah, absolutely. So my father passed away when I was a toddler. And okay. so that was really before I had, it's, I, it was pre-memory trauma. 
And um, my my earliest memory is of actually being in the hospital with my dad. I have like kind of a flash mm. of that. And that's my first my first memory. But other than that, I don't remember him at all yeah. um, in, in my mind. And um, I think that the adults around me did not know how to. Uh, they, of course, they did the best they can, but they did not actually know how to help a child who experienced that kind of grief. And I yeah. grew up with the narrative that because I didn't remember my dad, it was actually better, that it was better that he died when he did Ah. because I didn't remember him. Yeah. And so I was not really given like the outlet to experience my grief and experience my sadness and kind of was told that I was okay because I didn't remember him. Mm. And I also grew up in, in, um, you know, quite a bit of privilege. And so I had everything I needed on the material plane. Mm -hmm. And so and I was always kind of told, like, you're lucky you have what you need. And, of course, I was in a lot of ways, but my grief was not validated. I didn't even know I had grief. Mm. And um, I think that my response to that, and I see that in kids that I work with now, like, even the smallest trauma of, like, a kid be saying something passive-aggressive to them, it's like the light goes out of the, their eyes. It's like they totally leave their bodies. And and that's what I did. That's why I just, like, didn't. I felt numb throughout most of my childhood uh, until like I really confronted my pain and started to understand. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm really so obsessed with somatic healing and, and what I kind of mentioned before about that moment that I took my first breathwork class and mm-hmm. understood um, that we hold pain in the body. It was like, no, I do remember that loss. It's just that my brain doesn't remember it. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like so much of my life because of my um, trauma from losing my father before I can remember has just been about chasing, you know, chasing the invisible almost. And like, how do we heal those wounds that we can't always remember, whether that's because we were very young or because it was too painful to remember or just for whatever reason, and just trying to bring words and just validation to those to all that full spectrum of experience that we experience as humans um that are those feelings that and experiences that aren't always validated the way they need to be yeah no that's so interesting and yeah that just clicked to me too even hearing you talk about it you know having the words being able to use the body and the breath and like the spirit like trying to find it seems like the work that you're doing is trying to combine all of those different you know connections and when i heard you say that you know, you didn't even know you had grief. I, I, it's, that's so, that's really, that was really hit me when you said that. It's like, I think so often we, we don't, we're, we're, we can become very disconnected from our feelings and sometimes we just don't even know that they're there and finding, so did you find out for yourself, did you experience grief for yourself when through the somatic healing, is that when you kind of tapped into even feeling grief? Yeah, you know, I think I probably tapped into it for the first time, um, really, well, not even because, so I think, you know, my go-to was kind of depression in a way, I was, and I didn't really, wasn't even able to name that until I was 18, when I, I hit like a really intense rock bottom, my first, and I've had several rock bottoms with depression in my life, and mm. um, my first one happened when I was 18, so I think I grew up with just mild depression that was never really named or acknowledged, yeah. and when I was 18, I just, after my first semester of college, and I honestly had like an amazing first semester of college, and loved the college I was at, and was making friends, and all of that, and then I came home, and I completely, completely crashed, and I was in bed 16 hours a day, mm. I wasn't eating, 
Um, and finally, that was the moment when my mother um, brought me to a psychiatrist, and I'd never been to been to a psychiatrist before. And, and when I was kind of diagnosed with clinical depression, and um, so that was the first time where I really like confronted that there was something going on that needed yeah. to be looked at. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So. <sighs> So that was kind of like, that was the first kind of moment where it just, it like, just really hit you hard there, you know? And when did you, so did you start to find yourself moving through it then? Or like, was it discovering yoga for yourself? Because was yoga first or was breath work the first piece for you? They kind of happened at a similar time. Okay. Um, but that, and that was like, that was several years later. So that the, this experience that I just described was when I was 18. And that's when I got put on a path of being medi- medicated and going into therapy. And um, that's, and the cycles were kind of continuing, but just more mild. And mm-hmm. um, I was kind of told that this was the thing to do. Yeah. And I found, and of course, like, um, you know, like, I want to like honor and acknowledge how transformative therapy has been for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, myself personally, I did like cycle through a bunch of therapists over the years and um, never really found something that feels like it truly gave me what it, I needed to give me. And I felt like I was just talking a lot and being in my head a lot and, mm-hmm. and just um, feeling disconnected from my body. And it wasn't until I met my first, kind of spiritual teacher Mm. slash life coach that, um, you know, that kind of started me and I was 18 then as well. And so I was doing that in conjunction with therapy and that kind of allowed me also to, um, acknowledge another big part of me that I suppressed as a child, which is that I, um, am highly intuitive Mm. and believe in the divine and, and all of that. And so those, so, um, that was really helpful as I started the therapy, but, um, I was still in those cycles until like five years later. And that's when I discovered yoga. And the reason I really went into yoga is because I was in another cycle of an extreme depression and the only thing that I could get out of the house for was yoga class. I don't know why. I didn't know yeah. why, but it was the only thing that got me out of the house. And mm. as I started to crawl out of that depression, I needed to know why. Yeah. I was just like, why is this the thing? And so I signed up for a teacher training. And that's that's kind of what led me down that path. Got it. Yeah. Like, what, what, Can you describe what was your experience like in yoga when you, when you first kind of entered that space for the first time, what did you, what did you feel for yourself in that moment? I felt, um, space to, I felt space to feel. And it was the first time where I started to understand the lesson and the importance of sitting in discomfort Mm. and how I started to be able to understand my own pain and suffering, my own emotional pain and suffering within the context of doing a challenging yoga pose and um, the power in learning to actually focus your attention on that challenge and, and keep your breath and your focus on the pose rather than letting your mind kind of run away mm-hmm. and how and the transformation that that created in the body and how that parallels the transformation that can happen in the mind. And as I started to delve into yoga more, I started to really understand that the that we the only way to really um, transform our pain 
and to really kind of heal it truly is to move through it and not away mm-hmm, from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're like, I want more of this. I need to figure Oh, there's the dog in the background. I love it. You're like, Selena says hi, everyone. Oh, <laughs> well, so you like, we're like, okay, I want to understand this because this is having a profound impact for me. It's getting me, it's the thing that's getting me out. And um, it's the thing that I'm finding myself desiring to do. And so you signed up for this uh for a teacher training program. So is that like, did you just sign up and start teaching right away? Or uh, yeah, what was your life? Like, what, how, what did that look like for you? Yeah, you know, the first week of teacher training, that's when I kind of had that moment. And I did my teacher training in, I believe it was 2016. Mm -hmm. And I, I had that moment and I was just like crawling out of the depression. And it was like, oh, like, if I like how and why did I not have access to these Mm. tools when I was a child, like my life would have been so different. um, If I had access to this, I would have been taught these things about the importance of, of embodiment and, and sitting with pain and just the accepting the full spectrum of emotion and, and all the yogic philosophy. And and I, I just, um, was almost angry mm-hmm. that I didn't know this until mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's what um, I, I did teach a little bit kind of adult yoga classes, but really right away my attention was on the children. And, and I definitely didn't go into, at the time I was um, pursuing a career in television writing here in okay. Los Angeles. And so I, I didn't have an intention of, of teaching really, but it just kind of happened and I started working with kids and it all kind of happened pretty naturally. Uh, it's so interesting how like um, kind of just sometimes when we follow the things that are, you know, our curiosity in a sense and the things that we want to learn more about, how that can kind of take us someplace, you know, because when I first started studying or uh, taking uh, Pilates training courses, I, um, I was not expecting myself to teach Pilates um I was just taking it because I wanted to learn more and I taught PE and health for seventh graders for 13 years. I'm like, I'll just add this into what I teach my students already. And, you know, being someone who taught PE and health, like I love that you were bringing yoga to young people. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm so curious, like what that experience was like. And did, like when you say young people, like kids, like what ages are you talking about? And like, um, yeah, describe that for me, like how, how you work with young people and like, are you doing it at yoga studios or in schools? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I love hearing about your, your parallel experience there. And yeah, so I teach kids ages 2 through 12. <laughs> okay, love it. Um, and so, yeah, and so, um, you know, before pre-COVID, I was in a lot of schools mm-hmm. and I was actually specifically in a bunch of preschools. I did a lot of preschool yoga and which is all like songs and and, and just like games and, and just working with the breath in these fun fun ways. Um, and now I teach um, I teach on Zoom. I teach I just have my own classes. Yeah. I teach one at one school virtually at a preschool still, and then I just teach three classes a week on Zoom um, for ages four through twelve. They're divided. It's ages four through or five through nine, and then I have one for ages ten through twelve. And speaking of like, just going back to like the kind of premise of your podcast, which I love about becoming aligned, mm-hmm. it's like, 
I realized I was getting um, before, in like early 2020, before lockdowns and everything, I was getting so burnt out uh. um, from driving around LA all the time and also like needing to, um, needing to kind of, <laughs> there she is again, <laughs> needing to kind of um, like adapt to the school yeah. structures, et cetera. Like, there's such a, it felt, what felt really misaligned to me is that I'm so happy that yoga is becoming more common in schools, and any way that needs to happen is great, but schools are really scared of anything that that even, like, smells a little bit like religion, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that includes spirituality, which to me has nothing to do with religion, but is a big part of yoga and a big part of who I am mm-hmm. and what my yoga practice is. And so I felt a lot of frustration around needing to take the divinity out of and the spirituality out of yoga um, because that didn't feel like what was true for me and what was helpful for me actually. Yeah. And also just being within the school systems, which, you know, in, in 2020 we're seeing to even more deeper level, how much needs to change with those and the way kids are being educated and kind of, not really validated in their own unique experiences and ways to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt a lot of frustration around all that and plus the driving around and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, and teaching kids a lot. And like what I've learned, one thing I learned in 2020 is that I absolutely love working with kids and want to keep doing it for a very, very long time. And I definitely feel like it's a huge part of my purpose. And honestly, teaching three classes a week just the right thing for me. Yeah. I love that. No, but you know, that's so true. It's like we have to have these experiences and kind of figure out um, what works for us. You know, like you don't know what you don't know. And so until you're like out there and testing out these ideas, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a fit or that's not a fit. And then like adjusting accordingly. And um, I was so curious actually about asking about your experience, like teaching yoga in the schools. Um, just because like, yeah, I taught PE and health for, you know, 13 years. I taught seventh graders primarily. And I'd have classrooms of 36 or so, let's say at times, you know, they could be up to that high uh, number of students. And so I was just, and, and kind of, you know, they're in the locker room, then they're in the gym and then they're in, the, it just can be kind of a chaotic experience. And there's parts of it that I think are great and I loved, but then I also know, I think finding those moments where the kids can be really settled in and you can really have these experiences um, can sometimes be challenging just because of the structure and the system that you're working in. And so I was, I was so curious to hear you tell more about that. And because I do think the, the work and the intention that you're doing of helping young people move through um, big feelings and giving them the tools to do that is so important. And I, um, unfortunately it's not something I think that, uh, our education system exactly knows how to address in many ways. And, um, and so, it, you know, I was just, I was curious what your experience was like for that. And but I love that it seems like you've transitioned it and that you're doing it virtually. Do you imagine yourself going back into the schools when this is all over? Or is that still up in the air? No. Okay. No. <laughs> that, was, that was the answer. I really don't. I really, I feel really good. Like it feels really good to, and my classes are a lot smaller now, you know, but I don't mind. It's like, it gets to be so intimate. And yeah. then I just trust that the right kids that I'm really meant to serve 
will um, show up yeah. and that that'll ripple out. And um, I just, yeah, I, it, it really, ex- I realize now in retrospect how much working in schools exhausted me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm a, I don't know if, if you're like a human design person, but human design <laughs> has been so helpful for me. Like I'm a human design projector. Okay. And so I, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I know about human design and I actually took a test, but I can't, I, I don't know a lot about it. I feel like I'm a manifester or something like that, but I don't really even know what oh, that cool. all means. <laughs> no, tell me a little all bit right, about well, that. Tell me a little bit about it. Okay. So yeah, um, <laughs> I love, so human design is like a system of kind of uh, it's like a bunch of different systems combined, like astrology, the chakra system, and a bunch of others. And um, it's divided into the five main categories. It's the way your energy works okay. in the world. And um, so my type is a projector, and that's one of the actually the more minority types. Okay. And projectors don't have um, kind of like a, an internal consistent source of, of energy, um, meaning that projectors need a lot of rest. Okay. And I denied that from myself for a very long time and was always trying to keep up with the world and hustle and feel like I needed to work all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the last several years, I've really learned, and, and human design has really helped validate this in me, is that, like, no, I need, and we all need more rest than we're getting, yeah. but specifically in the context of human design and learning I'm a projector, like, I need a lot of rest and, and um, my job is not to, to hustle all the time. And uh, so I'm being very intentional, especially this year. I'm feeling as I was kind of feeling into the energy of 2021 and kind of like what's coming and all mm. of that. I was kind of just getting this sense of this is a really important year to really take notice of where our energy is and where mm. we're directing it and where it's going And so just, and especially as maybe um, things start to look Mm -hmm. like they're going back to normal. And I just want to like emphasize they look like that because Mm -hmm. we are never, I mean, what we've experienced, we are never actually going back to normal, even if it looks like it is, it's just like we have gone through tremendous change and and I trust that that is for the better and we will continue to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, But just like being very cautious about where I put my energy, what I put on my schedule and just like having those boundaries in place feels really extra important this year for myself and just like on this collective level. I love that. I think that's so important. And, you know, I, I'm going to, if you don't mind me sharing, uh, Bianca, like even us scheduling this session or our conversation today, we, you know, a week before we were about to have it, you're like, wait a you know, I think I, like, I, I have too much on my plate right now. I mean, essentially, you didn't quite use those words, but like, I, can we postpone this? And I love that you spoke up for yourself and like, cause ah, yeah, so you're practicing that. I got to see you practicing that, you know, and I, it always actually makes me happy to see people doing that because it's like, I want to always meet people when they're feeling that they've taken time for themselves and they can be fully present. And I think sometimes we worry that we'll be um, inconveniencing the other person or we worry about that. But I think... I don't know. I hope there starts to be a shift where we all kind of want to show up in our as best as we can for each other. And so that we're understanding and that we're almost encouraging people to <laughs> take the time that they need and to only, you know, carve out what they are able to give, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I even appreciated yeah. getting a taste of that with how we were scheduling the session. I, I see how you're incorporating that into your life. So that's, uh, 
That's cool to see. Mm. Um, yeah, thank you. What did you learn about yourself um, and like the yoga practice teaching young people? Just in terms of like, I think, I wonder if it was different than teaching adults um, and like maybe just oh, how yeah. you, pre- yeah, and just how it might have shifted or changed your own um, relationship with yoga. Yeah, it reminds me to just bring the play into it. Yeah. <laughs> I take it so seriously. Yeah. I feel like there's this image of people in a yoga class with just like these really serious faces on and I'm just like, um, yeah, it reminds me to play. And the kids, they always remind me to play and just and just have fun and not take it so seriously. And and even with like the hard things, just like do it with a smile if if you if you feel like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing smile when you don't feel like it. But just like reminding yourself that if it feels appropriate, just always bringing the joy back into it. Yeah, that's great. So we had the chance to meet a few years back, like, I guess, you know, meet virtually through uh, Blair Baden-Hop's Your Wellness Brand, you know, group program. And so I had a chance to get to know you a little bit through that. And I started following you, you know, on social media. And I was not aware at that time. And maybe I don't, maybe you were already doing things with breath work and shadow work healing. Um but I would just, and you kind of told us a little bit at the very beginning about how that came into your life. And because from my perspective, um, Bianca, and, and this is just from a distance, it seems like it's come into your life and you've just really opened yourself up to this um, and let it guide you. I don't know. Does that does that resonate um, with you at all? That is exactly exactly what happened um you know the breath work was i'm coming out of a year of having as many people and i know we all had our own different you know kind of journeys and trajectories in in 2020 and mine specifically was i had um a lot a lot of time and space to just be and search for direction and and i have you know like i said i've been practicing breath work for like five years and it's been a, a super important part of my life and and when um, the lockdowns first went in place back in March, I just had this ping uh, that to, I just was like, okay, I got to do um, a breathwork training, um, a breathwork facilitation training. And it just so happened that I have a friend who had just done one and she was like, oh, you should do it. This, these people, they're doing one next weekend. And so that all happened super, super quickly. And then a month later, I took the level two and I just did it again, even similar to yoga. I was just like, I'm passionate about this. I mm. want to learn more. I want to do it for my own healing. And mm. I want to share it with some friends. And I started sharing it with, with some friends. And then I got really good feedback. And then um, I was very resistant to like making, I don't know. I just feel like I've tried so many things that didn't go the way I planned and whatever. Mm. And I was just like resistant to like making it a quote unquote thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and um. But it just kind of, so I just really like allowed it all to happen. And and it wasn't until really like very recently that I, you know, I started like a mailing list and I haven't even sent my, I'm sending my first email like next week, like where it's like, I'm kind of just like in the flow, just kind of like allowing, allowing for the river of life to take me where it's meant to be, meant to go, I guess. And I'm just Mm -hmm. so, I'm really humbled by the work that I'm doing. It was never my intention or what I wanted to do, but I'm so honored and and humbled to be doing this work. And that's partially because the people in my life that have been my healers and Mm. teachers have just been so transformational to me. And they're the people that I just like respect and love the most and who really have the greatest impact on my life. So to think that I 
might be doing that for others is like Mm. deeply, deeply humbling and feels like a great honor. And I feel like it's, I'm so grateful that life has taken me in this direction. Oh, that's beautiful. I, okay. So for those of us who have not experienced a breathwork session, can you just talk us through a little bit about what it looks like and um, kind of tell us a little bit about what that experience might be like for someone? Yeah, so um, breathwork is done, and, and I just want to like separate too, like because I am a yoga teacher as well. Yeah. But breathwork, this this particular type of breathwork is actually not related to yoga. It's okay. not a pranayamic practice, um, and it is um, a breathwork that is all done through the open mouth, and it's breathing into the belly, into the chest, and then exhaling. So it's a three part breath: breathing into the belly, into the chest exhale and if you even try it with me right now for mm-hmm. a moment breathing into the belly chest exhale all done through the open mouth mm-hmm. you might even be able to feel already you're taking in so much oxygen and so that's part of the purpose and so I set up a session where um we that's the breath we do and it's all done to a curated upbeat music playlist and that's mm-hmm. like it's not it's like modern music and some, and and um if I'm working with clients privately uh, you know, I ask them for songs that mean a lot to them and I include mm. those in the playlist and that helps just kind of evoke emotion and help kind of get in the zone, mm. I guess. And, um, and so you start the breath and it, it can be an, inc- especially if you're new to it, it can be an incredibly intense physical experience. You might experience tingling all over. You might experience hands clamping up, um, and like I call like we call them lobster claws in the breath claws in the breathwork community, where it actually feels like you might not be able to separate your thumb from the rest of the fingers. Oh. But that goes away after the breath. Yeah, and so lots of physical it can be physically intense. And then the other thing that happens is you might experience some big emotions. Some people mm. have a very calming experience, but you might experience really big, deep emotions, grief, joy, any of it, and get certain messages or visions. Or it's really different for everyone, but it's a very um, it's really a practice that meets you where you're at. And, and as an example of that, I work with, um, I work with um, recovering addicts. Mm. Uh, and a lot of them come in saying, I hate yoga, I hate meditation, mm. and then they love this practice. Because it's, uh. it's a little bit of a, yeah, so it's a really good also intro for people who have trouble focusing on meditation or anything like that. And and it's also great for people who have more of a meditation practice. It's just, um, it really meets you wherever you're at. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think it's, I think it's so helpful to just know all, like, to have a awareness of the different tools that are out there because a lot of people, yeah, struggle with meditation. Um, and it's like, that doesn't mean you, like, I think sometimes people think, oh, I just can't do that type of thing, or I just don't allow that in my life, or I'm a failure at that. And, and but there's so many other ways that can hook you into um, the re- you know the results that you get with meditation, but you can go about it with different routes. So I love hearing you talk about that. And like so you're you're kind of guiding them through these breaths. Are you also guiding them through visualization, or does that is it mainly just the breath work and the music? And I, I'm just curious about yeah. that. Yeah, so, you know, I start with a little kind of grounding meditation and intention setting at first and calling in kind of like this healing golden light that comes down to protect, whether it's a group class, everyone or the individual that I'm working privately with, 
and that's fair because um, breathwork can be very intense. And so yeah. I kind of like to set the intention of, of creating this healing bubble around them mm. of light so that they know that anything that comes through that, anything that comes up while they're in that space is really for their highest and best good. Mm. And during the actual session with the breathwork, um, sometimes I let the, you know, the clients are just tuning into the music and breathing. And then I will guide them to speed up the breath, to slow down the breath. I will also mm. like be witnessing kind of, where the breath is getting stuck in the body. And I can see one of kind of my, my things that I'm able to do is I can really easily see where the, they're holding the tension and kind of what that might have to do with. And, and um, sending, so kind of encouraging them to breathe in, into different spaces in the body ah. and also nav- locate where their grief is, like take their hands, put their hands on where they hold their grief mm-hmm. and then breathing more into that space. And then based on kind of what I'm hearing, seeing, feeling, um, you know, I just kind of, it's a very intuitive experience mm. where I will kind of just channel uh, words, like kind of of like, sometimes I'll ask them to repeat, it is safe for me to be in my body. And sometimes I'm just getting the downloads of like, this is what this group or this person needs to hear right now, like kind of like inspirational stuff or like mm-hmm. whatever is kind of coming through. It's always a little bit different. And my kind of practice around it is just learning to be as present as possible in the moment so that I know how to serve each client um, as they need. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So you're kind of, you're watching them go through the breath and this right now, is this, this is all virtual, correct? Yeah. So you're able to see, and I know I'm like, I'm teaching, um, you know, some Pilates clients virtually as well. And it's, it's amazing to me how much I can actually see, um, through the, the, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever experience, I was worried about mm-hmm. it originally, thinking that I wouldn't be able to kind of guide them in the way that, you know, we could do in real life. But I've been pleasantly surprised. It's a different experience, but it's, it's, I've, I've been really pleasantly just surprised to see how I'm able to kind of tune into the person that I'm working with in that virtual space. So, um, yeah, that's so interesting, uh, Bianca, that you're, able to kind of see maybe some area and encourage them to breathe into a specific part of their body and help them make, allow this like release of emotion that might be happening for them or at least move through it. Is that, am I, am I describing that correctly? Yeah, that's totally correct. Just seeing where they're holding like energetic tension. And sometimes like, that's also like just what I, what I'm feeling into. Like I definitely have this thing where um, even if it's not part of like their, where they're breathing, it's like, sometimes I'll be in session. I'll be like, why is my right shoulder hurting? And uh, it's going to have to do with like something. Yeah. Like something to do with, with, with the client. And then I try and like feel into like, what is that about? What is like the subtle body? Like, what is the, what is that a physical manifestation of to do with the subtle body and the emotional body? Um, and so again, just that thing of, of combining, combining like you know the physical the physical body as a way in yeah what's really going on emotionally spiritually etc interesting and I imagine doing this type of work that taking care of your own um yeah physical mental emotional spiritual body becomes really important so that you can be kind of available and open and um help facilitate this type of healing with others um and I'm wondering, like, how how have you been doing, like, taking care of yourself to um, to help your to to help you with this? Yeah, my biggest thing always. I mean, first of all, I, I am pretty. I have like I'm big on um, 
like kind of opening the space and closing the space, especially mm. working from home and everything where it's like, I always like try and take at least 10 minutes before a client to just um, say a prayer and just mm. like set up my space and set intention. And then at the end, like I always wash my hands and clean up the, I try and remember to clean up, tidy up the area right away. Mm. And just like imagine any cords being cut that have like, you know, if like I, you know, anything between me and the client. And so that's a big part of kind of my spiritual hygiene practice. I that's suppose. interesting. Yeah. And then in terms of, yeah, in terms of like on my like daily practices, um, my mornings are really sacred to me. I wake up pretty early. I like to wake up at like 540. Um, and I just, it's, I, most mornings I meditate, but I'm not like rigid about that. Some mornings I'll jump into some writing. Uh, it just kind of like having that space to just be with myself is super, super important for me to set the day. I love that. And I love how you describe that like hygiene aspect of, you know, creating space, like, you know, kind of opening the door to that healing practice and then into uh, the clients and, and then to, uh, to also kind of close that at the end. Um, I think that's really important so that you have your, your, your space and they have their space. And that's, that was interesting to hear you talk about. Um, I, I have been really taken, um, you know, all this is from a distance, Bianca. So if I get any of this wrong, let me know. But I've just been really taken by your ability to, you know, be open and to receiving, like, I guess in a way, like these gifts, like the, you know, notice, like the writing you mentioned recently and the breath work that came into your life. And I believe I was reading something about you, you were writing about your writing and it's like being able to receive it back into your life again. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I definitely, um, I developed a pretty toxic relationship with my writing mm. for several reasons. Um, partially when I came out here, when I moved out here to become a TV writer and I just like put so much pressure on myself and that was at a time when I was really buying into a lot of these you know cultural dominant messages of you have to hustle like it's just about hard work and hustle and this and that and just like being so hard on myself when the writing wasn't coming and and when like how am I going to get to where I want to go and mm -hmm. and all of that and the other piece, so that was one of it. And the other piece was, as I mentioned earlier, when we were chatting, um, the, the, um, I was writing was really important to me as a child. And as a child, it was an mm. escape. And it was a solace from depression. And it was also, in some ways, I felt like it took me deeper into myself and disconnected yeah. me further from others. Yeah. Um, and I, it, like associate my childhood as one of, of pretty extreme isolation, like emotional isolation. And so the writing was a part of that. Mm. And, and so I think that I came to learn that I have some trauma around that. Mm. And, and this year or 2020 mm -hmm. was a really big year of reclaiming myself as a writer, reclaiming that writer self. Once I decided to lead to, I was like, I'm not pursuing TV writing anymore. Um, I just stopped writing. And this year it was really bit last year was really big for just like working through those layers of, of grief and trauma I had around like 
associating writing with something that just like keeps me separate from others because it, it spiraled me deeper into myself and kind of just perpetuated or kept me, it didn't keep me, but like I associated it with just like going more inward yeah. in this way that kept me separate, whether or not that was true. That was my experience of it as a child yeah. where it's like, I loved it so much, but also I did it because I was in such pain. Mm. Yeah. And so being able to like this idea of being open and being able to receive something back into your life, it sounds like a, you've kind of, you have a different mindset and a different approach to it, but what, what do you think has allowed you to be open to bringing it back in? Um, just kind of healing some of the trauma that's been associated with it or, or even like just this ability to be open to what comes into your life with even the breath work. Because I, I find that sometimes we can get so like stuck in our heads and be strategizing and trying to figure out our next best move and, um, or thinking like way ahead for ourselves. Um, but when I, when I, you know, read about what's going on with you and I, you know, see your experience, it seems like you've allowed yourself to be, to be open. And I wonder what you think helps, helps you to do that. Does that make sense, Bianca? Yeah, Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and what helps me, and like, I think that was kind of like a two-part question, yeah. right? You uh, first asked me, kind of, so yeah, and I guess they're connected. Like, so what opened me back up to the writing is, um, I guess it, it just started to come through me again in, in 2020 as like a way to process what was happening in the world. I started writing poetry again. And mm. then I just kind of committed to... Um, just holding on to or like allowing this new relationship with creation to be where it wasn't like I was trying to force or push, but I was just learning. I learned to receive it. Mm. Um, And just my discipline around writing now has nothing to do with the sitting down and writing. It's all about having this lifestyle and where I can create the time to receive it if it wants to come through, or I can create the space to just connect with myself and connect with the divine and, and then, and then that's when it'll come through. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And I know that, that either way, it's fine now. And yeah. And, um, yeah. and then the next part of your question was, oh, like just flowing and receiving. Yeah. That- just allowing something to like, because yeah, just allowing yourself to be open to something. Because I think so often, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the comparison in the past or uh, even when I was just listening to you there, I was struck by like, maybe like judgment might have stopped you at certain points, but like not, not judging if it comes or if it goes or, you know what I mean? It's like how, what's helped, what's helped you to not kind of have the armor up and just be open to receiving, to receiving the gifts in your life. Yeah. Yeah. A mantra that I began working with in 2020 that has really helped me, especially in those moments of, being in the space of, wow, I just don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going, (laughs) any of it. My life is not what I wanted it to be at this point uh, is um, I trust the divine unfolding of my life. And Mm. yeah, I trust the divine unfolding of my life. And I have just been really big on that lately. And, you know, the trend right now, there's like this big trend in kind of the wellness space and all of that for uh, manifestation. And I'm, I'm so for that in some ways. And yeah. I, I've kind of, you know, uh, engaged with manifestation practices that have actually been very powerful and helpful. 
And um, I also think that the most powerful thing for me, what I've learned is I really just practice surrender. And I, you know, I believe in, um, I've developed a like relationship, just a stronger relationship with kind of the universe and the divine and what I call God, which is just kind of like the thing behind the universe, the creator of all things that has nothing to do with religion. And I just like really uh, have become very devoted to praying for just to just be on the right path and to just like be a vessel for whatever love for however I meant to spread love in the world and love Mm. and peace and, 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 and all of that. And just like being and just like a prayer of just like, I am open. I am open to, um, yeah, just the path, the path that is in my highest and best. And I trust that that's going to make me happy because I really do believe that our desires are roadmaps to, um, Mm -hmm. our, our like highest purpose in life and just like learning to trust that more. And over the years, it's just become easier as, um, as I learn to sit with more grace in the unknown and then see that that actually leads me where I need to be. Yeah. Even if it's not where I expect it to be. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, and I was just, I found myself just as I was listening to you, even just thinking about, you know, how you help others and, um, moving through big feelings. And I, I, you know, kind of one of something I think about and try to, in terms of my, in my programs that I offer in the Becoming Aligned program and is, is when we're able to, I think, to be comfortable with all of the feelings, um, and we're able to kind of let them move through us that we can kind of sit in that discomfort. Right. Um, and, uh, I'm just wondering if even just having that experience of allowing yourself to have your own experience through yoga and through breath work and through the ways that you found it for yourself. And you maybe even the writing allowing you to process. It's just like having these, this, these tools in your life that allow you to move through challenging emotions. Um, and, you know, just the power that that might play. I, it just, that was just something that was kind of bouncing in my head as I was listening to you to just sit in that uncertainty and, and have a certain sense of, I don't know, comfort or just ability to be in that moment and be present in it. So I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but that's something that was bouncing around in my head as I was listening to you. That totally resonates. I'm really big on moving through life with ease, even Mm. when it's hard. And that's not to deny the incredible suffering that exists in the world and for each of us individually in different ways. But I do think we have a choice um, to move through it with ease. And that is not the kind of dominant narrative of of how to move through things. But I really believe it's possible just even like all the hardships just to like breathe through it and ease through it. um, Mm -hmm. That's really, really big for me. Yeah. And that takes practice. Like, you know, I even just think of myself, you know, this was a, a week in the news where, um, you know, it was pretty intense. And I know I'm not going to air this for <laughs> for a couple months probably, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's in like mid-January and so, or early January. So people who are listening will kind of probably know what was happening in the news. But I did just find myself very tense and and I was like, oh, Maureen, it's, you're, you're taking very shallow breaths. And just like, kind of is reaffirming, you know, just the breath work and the different things we can do to just kind of create space for ourselves. And I found myself just kind of going through these different breathing patterns just to help myself move through and not resist the different feelings and the different emotions that I was feeling. It's like I was just bracing myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in this state of tension and just catching myself in that space. And, um, 
and it's you know it takes a it takes awareness I think and so I I guess I just love that I feel like you're helping give people the tools to do that and you're practicing it within yourself and you know I just I love kind of hearing about how you're doing that um and, you know, it's something I always like to think about in the Becoming Aligned podcast is I think we're always or often we're like discovering and learning new things about ourselves. And I feel like you've shared a number of things that you've discovered for yourself in 2020. But, you know, what's kind of lighting you up right now? What's what are you discovering and learning for yourself as as we enter into 2021? Mm, I love that question. I love the question. What is lighting you up? I ask yeah. that a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is lighting? There's so, there's so many things that are lighting me up right now. Uh, Um, continuing to just deepen my, my connection with myself, with others, with the divine and just like, and, um, the ocean, I kind of mm -hmm. somehow feel connected, but the ocean is lighting me up like the ocean. I've been going to the ocean so much, like into the water. I bought a wetsuit and it's just, (sighs) I don't know, to have that connection with nature right now just feels so powerful. Um, and like that just kind of like ignites this this both this calm and this fire within me Mm. and um another thing that's really lighting me up is um reading fiction um Mm. I feel like I for many years was really into I like I said I was a reader as a child I loved all like stories and stuff and then recently I've just in the last few years I've always been reading like nonfiction because I want to learn and develop or whatever you know and I just like returned to fiction and poetry this year and um I'm just like devouring books lately like just stories and not worrying about like if I should be reading something more productive or whatever just like enjoying what you're reading and just getting finding some like getting lost in a story it sounds like exactly exactly yeah love it well Bianca if someone was interested in working with you how can they like, how can people work with you um, and where, where should they go to find out more information? And I will share this all in the show notes as well. Awesome. Yeah. So they can find me on BiancaBloomfield.com. And then my Instagram is at BiancaBloomfield underscore. And um, like I said, well, by the time you air this, I won't have just done this, but I <laughs> am launching my, my newsletter um, this week. Awesome. So yeah, they can sign up for my mailing list and stay in touch that way. I just like love, love, love getting to know people. It's like literally Hmm. speaking of what lights me up, like that is the thing that lights me up more than anything else in the world. So yeah, I'm excited to connect with whoever wants to connect. (laughs) Wonderful. And can they, can people do breathwork sessions? Just could they, would they be able to sign up for something like that just virtually and do it online, even if they didn't live? Because I know you live in California. Would they be able to do that from all over the country or the world even, I suppose? Oh, my gosh, yes. I have clients like in England, in ah. New York. Um, yeah, everywhere. And I, I'm I, I'm starting to do group group sessions as well. And so definitely keep your eye out for that if you want to join a group class. It's really powerful to heal in community and, and do this work in community and just be witnessed in, in your experience. And, yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah, Bianca, thank you so much for sharing, you know, these offerings and these, you know, I think it's just something to offer people and for their own healing throughout the, this upcoming year. And I think the timing of it is just perfect. Um, and, 
just for people to get a chance to just experience it. I know I'm going to be checking out um, when you know sometime soon because it's something I haven't experienced for myself, and I'm I'm just curious and would love to to have that experience as well. So I'll be checking you out, and I hope everyone else has a chance to to connect and, and check you out as well. So thank you for sharing more about your experience and what you offer. It's been really lovely chatting with you. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Maureen. This was so lovely. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Bianca. I really enjoyed talking to her and learning more about her own journey and how she discovered tools that helped her to facilitate healing in her own life. I love how she wants to share these tools and make them accessible, especially for young people. By the way, I will be sharing Bianca's info on my website at MaureenRyan.co if you're interested in working with Bianca and exploring these techniques for yourself. I think it's so important that we begin to develop a toolbox of skills that help us to be with and move through big feelings. I know for myself, running has always been a form of moving meditation. And I know it's not that way for a lot of people, but for me, that's, that's what I would turn to. But for many years, it was the only tool in my toolbox. If I was to get injured or not be able to run, I would struggle. So over the years, I've been intentional about opening myself up to other tools and strategies that allow me to lovingly be present with myself. And I'd love to encourage you to do the same, to investigate and explore. Maybe it's talk therapy for you, or yoga, or breathwork, or some creative outlet. We don't know if something will necessarily be a fit for us unless we try. And trying is not about adding one more thing to your to-do list. It's often about a willingness to open yourself up and allowing yourselves to receive the gift of love and healing. And making your care a priority, which is something that I'll be talking more about in my solo episodes. And the next one will be going out in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you found yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode. Please share on my website, MaureenRyan.co, or on my Instagram page, Maureen underscore Ryan underscore. And if you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to the Becoming Aligned newsletter. You can learn more about it at my website, MaureenRyan.co. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to being back in your earbuds in the next two weeks. Wishing you all the best. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.